0: This October marks the 505th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation. It was on October 31st, 1570s, when Martin Luther nailed his 95 theses on the church door of Wittenberg, Germany. This event marked a new stage in the history of the Christianity, the Reformation. Today's one hundred and five Years later, these issues which Luther was addressing are no longer relevant in the life of the churches. Other issues are more important now. In fact, most members of our churches do not know or barely know that October 31st is Reformation Day. Other celebrations such as Halloween, I love Halloween. <laughs> no, it's part of my tradition, but it's, I like. I will miss tomorrow because I'm going to be in Utah. <laughs> uh, celebrations like Halloween have been come to occupy that place. And after 500 years, what? So, we ask, why continue celebrating an event that happened so long ago, so far away, and about burning issues that no longer apply to us in our modern world? What is in this for us, anyway? My story, my history and theology professor, Juan Stam, always remind us that the Protestant Reformation was an unfinished event, hence the famous expression ecclesia reformata semper reformanda which means the reformed church is always reforming The church need to be in reform all the time with luther protest The Protestant reformers saw their reform as an invitation to churches to continue, to continue to stabilize themselves with an ongoing review of their practice. What are we reviewing today? And this is a big challenge for the United Methodist Church. To review. By Pure pure Grace Luther and John Wesley. In today's reflection, I intend to share with you a review of Luther's and John Wesley's concepts of grace. Remember, Luther and Wesley lived in two different places and centuries. And they played different roles in the history of Protestant Christianity. But despite living in different parts of the history, they had many things in common. Especially on the subject of grace. Both Luther and Wesley shared an obsession. They were seeking to find the inner peace of the human being. In that existential search on May 24, 1738, John Wesley said, at night, I reluctantly went to a society meeting in Aldersgate Street, where one was reading Luther's preface to the epistle to the Romans. Wesley wrote, about a quarter to nine, while describing the change that God works in the heart through faith in Christ, I felt, my heart strongly burning, I felt that I trust in Christ. Christ alone. Christ alone for salvation. An insurance was giving me that he had taken away my sins, even mine, and saved me from the, the sin love of death. In this matter, this matter of grace, Wesley, Wesley had Great affinities with the older Protestant reformers, especially with Martin Luther King, whom he described as the glorious champion of the Lord of hosts. Grace in John Wesley. For John Wesley, to speak of grace is to speak of God's direct role in the process of delivering the soul from sin, a gift of forgiveness that is made through faith. This gift of salvation begins with God, but as you know, it also requires human reaction. It requires our own personal reaction to the offering of the gift of deliverance from bad consequences for our sins. Wesley said All the blessings, all the blessings that God has granted to the human being come. Only from his grace, only for his grace, liberality, liberality, and he merited favor, since we have no right to the list of his mercies. Our founder, John Wesley then described four stages in the process of salvation. Four stages. Number one, anticipating grace. Number two, convincing grace. Convincing grace. Number three, justifying grace. And four and number four, sanctifying grace. The effectiveness of these four steps depends on our own response to God's. Our response to God offered to us. At the same time, that the grace of God is working, is working in each of us. We must remain active and work with God in his process of salvation. We must take it seriously with fear and trembling. Let me explain each one of these steps. The first one, prevenient or anticipating grace, comes from the Latin gratia preveniens. Gratia preveniens, Which means grace that comes before or precedes. This refers to the word that God has been doing, doing all, all along inside for us, and that is preparing us for the moment of his forgiveness. cause all the time take the initiative in our salvation. This is very clear in our tradition. When I'm talking with this with you I am thinking in my ordination process talking about the situation within It is present in every human being through the action of the Holy Spirit. Prevenience is actually anticipating grace, anticipating grace. He allowed us to anticipate grace because we know that he has always offered grace. By our own exchange, we cannot do anything about earning our own salvation. This is a main issue in the Reformation days. Because in those days, I remember when you read the story of Luther, that people pay for the salvation. And the Catholic church offered the salvation where the people offered. You can go to crusades in Palestine for, because the, Palestine, the holy land was occupied in those days for Turks. But some people, I don't want to go to the crusade. Can I pay for that? Yes, you pay for that, you can go to, a sky, to the heaven. It was a big corruption. Is that idea the merit? Do you need to be, do merit? No, no, exactly. God is giving the salvation only for pure grace. Don't you need to do nothing about that? Convincing grace is the second. Convincing grace. Is the process by which the Holy Spirit awake, awakens the sinners, confronts him, convinces him of his inner personal reality, and challenges him with the need to rep, repentance until reaching the point of what John Wesley said free us from the heart of stone. In his sermon, The Way of the Kingdom, our founder emphasizes this is the way, walk in it. First of all, repent, that is, know yourself. Wake up, you who sleep, acknowledge that you are a sinner. The third point, justifying grace. Justifying grace. Let's discuss a third type of grace. So justifying grace, if we use our faith to accept God's grace, and convincing grace opens the door to salvation. Wesley pointed out that there is a third step it is called justifying grace. He said that this grace is the entrance door to the salvation. Because it operates at the moment in which we decide by faith not to continue resisting anymore. We see that Jesus Christ is our only Lord and Savior. We recognize that he is the one who justifies us. He declares that we are not wealthy. And the last one. Sanctifying grace. Sanctifying grace before referring to sanctifying grace, it's, it is good for us to emphasize that for Wesley, justif- justification and the new birth are birth, gifts that the human being receives together and insta- instantly. It is what he called the gateway to sanctification. The process of sanctification is a progressive work. It's progressive work until the the believer gradually attains Christian maturity. In this sense, justification is what what God does for us. What God does for us. This is the sanctification. Uh, sorry, justification. And sanctification is what God does in us, inside of us. As the Methodist theologian, theologian Albert Alder says, in justification we win, we win God's favor. And in sanctification is the process by which we manage to retain it. We absolutely must continue resisting God anymore and accept His grace. We must continue. We must continue to reform and celebrate our ongoing reformation. Luther is famous for trying to reform Catholic Church, but Just as the great reformers invite churches to continue, to continue the reformation after the 1500s. We see that 200 years after Luther, John Wesley continue, continue to change the church with his understanding that the church must pursue reform such as reforming our understanding of the grace of God and our pathways to salvation. Our hearts must be reformed, must be reformed, and we must take God's salvation through the four types of race very seriously. What is our role now? What are we doing now? What's been this issue for in this moment and the history? Thank you, Lord. Thank you for these people. Thank you for this time. Thank you for this celebration. Help us to be open to make changes in our life, in our churches, to respond in this context now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the message from Hillsborough United Methodist Church. Our senior pastor is Jorge Rodriguez. Presently, our live stream of services are available at 10 a.m. on the Hillsboro United Methodist Church YouTube page. You can find out more, like us on Facebook, or subscribe to our YouTube at HillsboroUMC.org. Thank you.